We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Welcome to episode three of our mini-series, breaking down five distinct quarterbacks in the 2023 NFL Draft class. Of course, I'm with my guy Landon from the Blue Stable, and today we are talking about a not-so-fan favorite, at least from the people that I'm pretty sure Landon and I have spoken to, and that is Kentucky quarterback Will Levis. Now, Landon, before we even get into a lot of people's perceptions of Will Levis, I know, and I think there's a couple plays in here where I actually remember during the season last year talking with you on Twitter uh, multiple times when we saw Will Levis clips and we're seeing some of the good things that they went back and forth. And you and I were one of the few people that were saying like, this is some quarterback stuff right here. Like this is some NFL type throws. This is some NFL type decisions. And we were on the train of, you know, telling people like, Hey, you know, the team is bad. He's trying to do whatever he can right now. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you felt about him during the middle of the season, but I know that you and I constantly talked about Will Levis during the college football season last year. Yeah, it was, um, it was a tough season for Will. I know dealing with some injuries, you know, the turf toe obviously limited his mobility. He lost a lot of players last year from, from that team. And it's pretty much just, you know, also his offensive coordinator, you know, lost an offensive coordinator, uh, had to learn a new offense again for the third time in three years coming through here. And it did not go well with his offensive coordinator, uh, Rich Scangarello was actually fired after this season, after just one year at Kentucky, he was fired after the season. So if that doesn't kind of explain what he was dealing with, with the situation, but, you know, I'll say this for Will, you know, he was in a rough situation, but he he made the best of it. He, um, I mean, look, Kentucky, it, it's an SEC school, but they, they don't necessarily have the SEC talent that you have, you know, with LSU's, Georgia's, Alabama's, even Tennessee to some extent. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're playing in a much tougher conference, you know, compared, you know, relatively to a few of the other guys. And on top of that, you don't have as talented of a roster. He was able to win 17 games 
in two seasons and take that team to two bowl games, which obviously he didn't play in this last bowl, due, partly due to that injury. But, uh, you know, they did play in the bowl game last year and they ended up beating, uh, I believe it was Iowa. So, yeah, I mean, he's had some success there. A lot of people think, you know, in order to be a successful college quarterback, you have to either A, win the national championship or B, throw for 45, 50 touchdowns every single year. And success is different in a lot of different places and it's measured differently, you know, or it should be measured differently for each different guy. So, um, yeah, it'll be an interesting discussion we're about to get into. Yep. Will Levis, who originally uh, attended Penn State and then transferred uh, for his last two seasons with Kentucky. And you saw, like you said, man, there's been a lot of different things that have gone against Will Levis in the way things go. And I think that the problem we have had with Will Levis, and I think what the majority of fans in general, when they think about Will Levis, is if you took the stats away from it for a second, you would think that this guy is right up there with the best of these quarterbacks. But the problem is some people just can't get over the numbers that was thrown around this guy. Cause when you look at all the rest of these quarterbacks, I mean, his overall yardage, it was terrible this last year in comparison to these other guys. Wasn't thrown for as many touchdowns, had a few more picks than, you know, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, you know, was uh, not as, accurate as you know he could have been he lost what some people deem to be a lot of his mobility from his junior year to his senior year I just believe that due to how they wanted to run the offense that just kind of took it away from him but what do you say to those people that bring up the numbers as a discredit to Will Levis versus these other guys um I mean it's kind of tough because if you're using that to scout players, you know, just to begin with, I think you're honestly doing a discredit to the player and you're doing a discredit to yourself. So um, we, we always call it box score scouting. So you, you never really want to box score scout guys because it takes away so much context from the entire picture. And you're never going to be able to fully get that unless you turn on the film and you fully understand what's going on. And, you know, I think you made a great point with the way Kentucky ran their offense. It was very ball controlled. They love to run the ball, not a lot of passing attempts. I think it was only like 650 passing attempts on the year. Um, and, and so, yeah, it, it, you know, they don't throw the ball a lot at Kentucky. It's or not, not for the year. That might've been his career. So um, yeah. So only 650 passing attempts for his career. Uh, and, or as far as like, you know, his career at Kentucky, but you know, they don't throw the ball a lot there. So you're, and not only that, but he's not throwing to multiple first round picks. You know, he's, he, he's has, you know, two freshman wide receivers, a freshman tight end. Uh, I I believe there was a sophomore or junior returning from last year but then like that was it this year and obviously he had Wondell Robinson and had a lot of success with that guy but even then Wondell wasn't a first round wide receiver Mm -hmm. so you know in comparison to some of the other guys you know he he hasn't necessarily had as much talent around him and when you combine that with the type of offense that they ran there at Kentucky 
you know, it's it's easy to see why he probably didn't, you know, have the gaudy numbers. But I think, you know, if situations are reversed and you put him in a spread offense and he's throwing, you know, to this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy and, you know, all these guys that are getting picked in the first round or the top half of the draft, you would probably see a lot better numbers. So, um, you know, and, and I don't want to sit here and make excuses because, look, we're going to touch on the film. The film is the film. We're going to get into it. There's some good. There's some bad also. So um, this isn't to make excuses, but it's just kind of putting everything in context before we dive into this stuff. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, and he didn't have an offensive line like some of these other guys do. I mean, just like you said, the team around him was not is nowhere near as talented as what some of these other guys have dealt with, especially Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. I mean, their teams in general are so much more talented than anything Kentucky could have ever put on the football field. So that is what it is, like you said, but the best way to talk about Will Levis is to go over the film. And that's what we're about to do right here. So first play we have here, um, and apologize for a little bit of the blurriness on this one to start out. It didn't really come out too great. Yeah, I was going to say, so, so, some of the film, you know, it's kind of hit or miss sometimes. You get some good stuff, and then you get some bad stuff. So, Yep. But first play we got here, Will Levis, a little bit of a play action, something that uh, Indianapolis would run a lot of. And, very similar to the throw that we saw for CJ Stroud in the in the uh, semifinal game where he was throwing it to Marvin Harrison Jr. on that first play. This little backside, opposite side of the field, just hitch route and hits this right where he needs it to, Landon. Yeah, so really what's on display here is the arm strength. And that's one of the big things that you hear about Will Levis is the type of arm he has. And I think this one was even a little bit more of a higher degree difficulty throw than the CJ Stroud one, because you don't really like this guy is, you you can actually kind of see one of the defenders there kind of creep up, you know, back here. So this, this guy here at the bottom, he kind of turns because he doesn't think, you know, he can make that throw because there's not a lot of guys that can. So this is definitely a throw that you will see on Sundays. This is very reminiscent of throws you see from guys like Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. This is the type of stuff that those guys put out there consistently on film. And 
you know, there, there's only a handful of guys that can do that in the league. And Will Levis is one of those guys from the moment he steps in, you know, to, to a locker room, the moment he's drafted to a team, he joins that group of arm talent. Um, I mean, you know, would you like to see this type of stuff a little bit more consistently? Yes, you would. And that to me too, this is phenomenal offensive design. You have multiple guys open and, you know, so this is one of the plays they ran where, you know, they got decent protection. He kind of, you know, rolls out, resets in the pocket. It's still, you know, he's moving to his left also, which yeah, honestly, like that's even more of a higher degree difficulty. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, whenever you have this type of option, as far as your quarterback that can make these type of throws, as we see here, it opens up a world of possibilities in ways that you could, you know, possibly, you know, run your offense. So this was really excited to see. This reminded me a lot, which is funny because Dan Orlovsky actually posted this on his Twitter uh, a few days back. And this was in one of my videos uh, from my Will Evans breakdown. I did uh, a few, couple months back and uh, he, Dan Orlovsky actually put out there. He said, who on Sundays does this look like? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's very clear, you know, who he's referring to. And uh, that's Josh Allen, if you didn't know who he was talking about, because <laughs> that's a guy that makes these type of throws consistently. So, yeah, just to, just to know that he has this ability um, is why a lot of people in the NFL circles are high on him, because not many guys can make this type of throw. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I mean, Will Levis, like you said, the comp with Josh Allen, I mean, it's in a lot of different ways. I mean, his size is pretty much the same at this point, and the arm strength is there, and we're going to see more of those kinds of throws in this film. But yeah, I mean, I really loved how uh, when you get the top of this, and then this guy closes in, he doesn't you know, run away and avoid the pressure by just turning his back and rolling out. I mean, he just shifts. He just shifts to the left under under uh to rest but he's calm he shifts himself over and just plants and makes that beautiful throw and, and it turns out to be a big throw and, and those are the kinds of throws that will levis is going to have to make in uh he's going to have to make it on those sundays in order to be able to be a quality starter and then this one this one was wild because landon i mean i think when i watched this play I don't know what the play design was of this. Um, I don't know if this was by accident or if this was intentional, the way these two receivers double slant here. Um, I know it was supposed to be a pick or it's supposed to look like a pick and then cause separation for one of the wide receivers. But then both of these guys do this double slant. So like this guy's pretending to do a, a, a pick coming down and then you know, both of them run the double slant and Levis just so happens to find the guy in the middle. Um, what do you, Break this play down for me here real quick. <laughs> yeah, so really, you know, you were just trying to, you know, kind of like you said, you're just trying to get a guy in the way 
get that number 19 there um, open on a pick play. And it, you know, just bad execution, basically. But what I wanted to see from the quarterback was, you know, you have a pretty decent window, but watch how he creates this window if you go back. If you watch the quarterback, you see him have a little shimmy shake and move the defender with his shoulder. You see that? Boom. Yeah. So he moves the defender with his shoulder movement. And this is something that, you know, Will Levis actually does pretty consistently. Um, You know, not necessarily adept at moving guys with his eyes all the time, but those little slight movements he does with his body is very reminiscent, you know, to a guy like Ben Roethlisberger who can manipulate defenders with his body. And he's able to kind of hold the defender there, get, you know, at least enough space to where he can make this throw. And this is a really tight window throw too, um, you know, deep down here in the red zone uh, going into the end zone. So everything's tighter in the end zone, man. And whenever you have the ability that he has and, you know, the release, the arm strength, the ability to fit things in the tight windows, this is where you really kind of see things pay off. And that's, you know, here in the end zone and in the red zone, because that field just gets a little bit more condensed. So, uh, you know, the fact that he's able to kind of manipulate the defender there with his you know, that little shoulder shimmy, hold him just long enough, allowing his receiver to get open and, you know, able to fit that throw in, into that window there. It's uh, it, it, to me, it was a, a really fantastic play. And he showed a lot of good things, too, here with his footwork. His base was wide, you know, no heel click feeder in the ground, able to rip that throw in there. And that's what he has to do consistently because he has those inaccuracies mostly due to his footwork, but his hip to shoulder torque that he shows is like elite level stuff. Like I'm talking like Aaron Rodgers level arm because of his hip to shoulder torque, but where he gets into trouble is his feet. So if he can find a way to do exactly what he just did here consistently, I think you see a lot more accuracy on Sundays. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the uh, shoulder shimmy, which definitely, um, which definitely was huge for me when I rewatched the play back in the season. I mean, I saw that and I was like, "Yeah, that's a quarterback level move right there," because that's something that a lot of people don't do, but it's just a little bit of something. And it's funny too, because the the trajectory in which he throws this ball, I mean, that ball realistically could have been caught by either one of these wide receivers in that gap. So it was basically just whoever was able to catch it first. Uh, but yeah, again, fantastic to get it through a wall of this little window with five people in it. And then just to throw it right there in that window for his wide receiver to get it. I mean, fantastic. Yeah, and also, throw. too, I liked, I, I, I really, too, I liked the way that he led the defender, or, you know, led his wide receiver up into the end zone instead of across. Because you have this deep safety back here setting, waiting to make a play. And mm-hmm. if he doesn't lead his wide receiver up and he kind of carries him across, it's, you know, that defender has a chance to make a break on that ball, possibly knock it out of the hands, all that kind of stuff. So, it, you know, it was really good ball placement, great decision, great footwork. And like I said, I, re- I really enjoyed, you know, just the way that he was able to manipulate those defenders with his body there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's keep moving to our next play here. Again, just something where, you know, you're backed up all the way into your own end zone here. And this is against Georgia. I mean, this was a, yeah. you know, top defense uh, last year. You know, uh, they didn't end up, you know, getting a lot of chances in this game. Uh, there wasn't a ton of great plays by Kentucky in this game, nonetheless, 
But I mean, this is a beautiful touch throw here by Will Levis. I mean, you just see him stand. He's got a clean pocket. And then just this touch throw to put that on the back shoulder one-on-one. I mean, that's a beautiful throw. Yeah. And I believe this was also on a third down as well. So, uh, you know, third down, you're backed up in your own end zone against Georgia. It's not a place you want to live. And, you know, I'm not even a huge huge fan of the play call, honestly. Um, You know, just, just running out, you know, there and kind of hoping your quarterback and wide receiver can make a play. I mean, you would like to see something schemed up at least to get them a little bit more room the first couple downs. And really there was just, there's, they couldn't do anything all day. And um, this is one of the few plays though, that I really enjoyed from Will Levis. And, you know, this kind of showcases what he can do when he does actually have a clean pocket and he's throwing on time. He's in rhythm. His mechanics are good. And, you know, unfortunately for him, this wasn't the case a lot of the season. You know, he didn't really have many clean pockets. Uh, so, you know, if you're able to af- give him the time and he's able to play in rhythm, because this to me is like, this is what you want out of your quarterback. You want him playing in rhythm, on time, accurate football. You can see just kind of the rhythm where he, you know, he takes the snap goes back, finds his guy. I mean, it's pretty instantaneous, like boom, boom. Like that's what you want. And, you know, for a player that struggles with touch sometimes, this can be the type of stuff that you can get, you know, get them, I guess, I won't say easy completions because this is not an easy completion, but you you can get them in rhythm a little bit with these type of throws. And, you know, Georgia's got some dudes there on the outside. I believe that might be Keely Ringo there. Mm, who's, who might know, potentially be a first-round draft. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, the fact that he's able to really put this ball in the proper spot, really drop it, you know, out of a helicopter kind of, and just have that ball come down and have his receiver make a play, and it's a great play by his wide receiver as well, you know, to go up and have strong hands, able to high point that catch. And this gets him a lot of breathing room. And gets them out of that end zone area. So uh, I really, with this throw, I just kind of wanted to focus on the mechanics and stuff because he struggles a lot in this department as far as you know playing in rhythm, playing on time, you know having a good base. That's something that you don't really see a lot from Will. So this is something I wanted to highlight that shows that he does have that ability when you give him time. And now it just kind of becomes one of those things where it's like, okay. Well, how do we get it there consistently? Because if you show me, if it's on film, I know you can do it. So now it's all about how do I get it out of you on a consistent basis? Yeah, and being able to see these type of throws because the Indianapolis Colts want to become more vertical and they have wide receivers, big body wide receivers that can make these types of catches off of these type of throws if Will Levis is capable of getting it to them consistently. I mean, I will take Alec Pierce 50-50 on almost any corner in the league at this point because I know, I mean, I've seen him do it on uh, Trayvon Diggs. I've seen him do it on a couple different guys in the league and he's already, he's still so young. So, you know, getting these types of throws, you know, the in rhythm on time in the right spot, get that anywhere to where Alec Pierce can get his hands on it or even a Michael Pittman, then that's exactly what you want. Yeah, for sure. All right. And we move on to another one here. 
Um, I think this is, yeah, I think this is the one, yeah, this is the one where he actually makes one of his mistakes. Uh, I think this is one of the one mistake film that we have here. So well, this we have is a couple. A, yeah, we, yeah, we have a couple. Yeah, I think this we have a couple one. in there. So yeah, there's so this have, one where I think, I assume this is going for a touchdown and, you know, his, his tight end is wide open. I mean, it, this play was drawn up perfectly, but the ball just doesn't get out soon enough and it doesn't get thrown with enough velocity and it just gets intercepted, which should have been a touchdown. Yeah, so, you know, this is one of the few things that you see him struggle with a lot. And, you know, this does kind of come back to that footwork, you know, very nonchalant, kind of heel clicky there. And he just doesn't, you know, he doesn't put enough on this ball. It's not out in rhythm, you know, in time, kind of the exact opposite of the play that we went through earlier. You know, he's he's late getting the ball there. He's not putting enough velocity on it. And really, you know, you wouldn't even really want to kind of straight back this, you know, you know, straight shot this throw. You kind of want a little bit of an arc on it. You know, that way you're allowing your wide receiver or your tight end, you know, in this case, to kind of lead him up into that end zone some, give him a little bit more space to work with instead of just trying to fire a bullet in there. But especially if you're late on a, on a route like this, this is what happens. And far too often, this is one of the issues that we see with Levis is, you know, he doesn't throw with anticipation at a very high level. So um, a lot, and there's a lot of factors that could be causing that. So, you know, could it be, you know, the different type of offenses that he's ran? Is this early on in the season? Possibly, you know, is, is he failing to grasp the coaching? Is it the coaching in general that's causing this issue? Like, are they not able to kind of get it across to him in a way that really relates to him, that he's able to kind of take that information and run with it? And, um, you know, you, you never know unless you're in the locker room. But, you know, it's a consistent issue that you would really love to see him kind of, you know, throw with a little bit more touch, allowing his receiver a little bit more room like this. You would, at this point, you would want this ball to be out already at this point, um, throwing with a little bit more touch. Like you don't have to bullet everything in there, um, which is something that I, I think, you know, he struggles with whenever his footwork is not you know, on point is he, he does try to kind of strong arm everything a little bit, very much. He's got a little Brett Favre in him and yeah. uh, the, the good and the bad. So that's, that's really who yeah. he reminds me of. I Absolutely. see everybody compare him to Carson Wentz and Zach Wilson and all this stuff. To me, he, he's very much got a lot of Brett Favre in him. And that's that he trusts his arm far too much in crucial situations like this down here in the red zone. Cause you know, even even if you don't see the play, if you put it up at a place to where only your guy can get it or nobody gets it, you're living to fight another down. And, you know, you're possibly at least getting three points out of this, but you'd like to come away with six. But, yeah, um, and, and we'll see, you know, kind of those crucial mistakes here in the red zone coming up here with another interception. Yeah, um, and definitely, I mean, when you look at just where he's about to throw this, I mean, you know, that front leg is stiff. You know, it doesn't have any bend into it. So obviously he's not putting a ton of effort on that back foot and just, it just ends up being a sloppy ball. And, and yeah. And right, and look at where his, yeah. Look, yeah. Look at where his feet are pointed too. look at where that toes pointed, you know, very much on the inside. So it's, um, it's just bad footwork, bad timing, bad anticipation, and you can't make those critical mistakes down in the red zone. Nope, you can't. Uh, and then we have 
another play here that we'll go ahead and get into. And yeah, this is another interception play here. Again, Kentucky all the way down into the red zone. You know, it's it here it is for the taking. And he has his guy wide open. I mean, he has this guy wide open, but again, short arms this, and it's just an easy interception for the Georgia cornerback. Uh, and I think we can, yeah, we can see a different angle of this. I mean, overall, I think it was it was pretty decent footwork, but when you look at it, I mean, the ball just doesn't, it just looks like it dies midway through the air. Uh, I mean, what do you say? Is that just another one of those consistent errors where he's just trying to short arm it instead of going all the way through with it? Yeah, and, and really, like, to me, this isn't even necessarily an inaccuracy issue because I think he's throwing it where he wants to throw it. I think it's just a miscalculation on his part. And, you know, obviously it's a bad miscalculation because against this Georgia game, this is the same Georgia game, this is one of the very few opportunities they had to score. And, you know, you once again, you commit these penalties in the red zone. They only lost by, I want to say, seven, six or seven points. And, you know, this could be the difference in the game right here. So uh, I think this is a case of him trusting his arm too much, thinking he can fit it into a much tighter window than what you would want him to fit it into. Because when, as we can see, if I think if he throws this ball to the back pylon with a little yeah. bit more touch, this is a touchdown. Or at least, you know, it's an incompletion. But to me, more likely it's a touchdown. If he goes to that back pylon, takes that defender out of it, yeah, um, this is more than likely six. So I think he just tries to squeeze it in to that little opening there a little, you know, and, and he doesn't He's put it on it. Trying so to get it in between that corner and that safety, even though mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't have to. Because yeah. the corner never had great, like, tr- great presence on the receiver. I mean, the receiver had him beat from the very beginning of this. Yeah. Yeah, and you can see even see up top the safety kind of stumbles a little bit. So I think if you, like I said, if you lay this ball out to that back pylon there, the, you know you're probably coming away with six, and it's just a bad miscalculation. And this is something that kind of struggles that maybe he doesn't see the field that well, you know, or maybe he once again trusts his arm a little too much. Whenever you know you you don't need to do this. This is just making an easy play hard. And that's something that he he does kind of struggle with, where he takes the you know the easy stuff, and he makes it a little bit more difficult on himself than it needs to be. I will give him credit though; I love seeing that tackle. I love seeing the effort yes. after that I was interception. Just about to say that, yeah, he so, gets to the outside to meet him, forces him to come back inside. One of his teammates slows him down, and he comes in and makes that play. I mean, again, say what you want about the play and everything else that he had going into it. But surely enough, that's a guy that cares enough about football to, you know, go in and make a ga- a potential game-saving tackle. That could be a game-saving tackle in the NFL at one point if that's what if that if he's put in that situation. Yeah, and yeah, I, I mean, effort's never really a question with him. You know, that's something that you're never going to worry about is his effort, his commitment, anything like that. So, you know, uh, yeah, you made a bad decision, but hey you know, go make up for it and, you know, have a short memory. And I think he does a good job at, at that. So, absolutely, um, yeah. And then the, the grand finale of this one, the final play. And I think honestly, this may be 
Will Levis's best uh, throw of his entire uh, Kentucky career, uh, potentially. I mean, you're going to just see this great pocket movement rolling out to his left and off his back foot just all the way to the other side of the end zone. I mean, this is a this is a 60 air yards throw right here, and it's on the money, on the dot. I mean, Landon, you you look at this if you're a scout and you're just like, that is Aaron Rodgers 2.0 right there on that throw. Yeah, yeah, this is some special stuff. And, you know, the ability to throw that ball, and not only, it's probably a little bit further than that because – you know, you're going to the opposite side of the field as well. So it's a little bit further than that 60 yards. I would say this is probably closer to 70. And unfortunately, it was dropped by his wide receiver. So this wasn't even a touchdown, which kind of shows you, you know, part of the situation that he was dealing with. But, um, yeah, I mean, whenever you talk about, whenever you hear why, you know, I just don't understand why NFL guys like Will Levis. I don't understand why he's being talked about as a top pick in the draft. This is what you have to put on. This is what you got to show people. And because <laughs> I mean, there's what, there's a handful of guys in the world that can make that pass. He makes that look so easy. I mean, he looks like he just flips it. I yeah, mean, he doesn't even effortless. look like he puts his whole body into it. He just flips it. Yeah. Moving to your left. You, he doesn't have a stable base. Um, you know, he's, he's, and that's what it is. That's what's so special about him is a lot of this, you know, for every, easy play he makes look difficult he makes these extremely difficult plays look way easier than they should be yes. so that's where that's where you're kind of getting into it it's like okay well and as a coach like I guess you kind of you have to understand that the ego involved in coaching football and that is I can fix this guy you know I, I can think yeah like if, if you can get him to do the easy stuff at a consistent level he does this stuff all the time. So at that point, you have a really special player on your hands and you have a special quarterback. So it's just about, you know, refining some of the footwork, getting those that decision making. And like I said, there's a lot of factors that can go into the decision making stuff. So, you know, surrounding him in a good situation, you're coaching him correctly. He's a guy that's going to work. He's a guy that's going to take coaching. He likes hard coaching. Um, he loves to be challenged and he's a fantastic leader on top of that. So, um, the fact that, like I said, this, this is a not very talented Kentucky team. And, you know, I believe this, this year, uh, or last year he took them to 10 wins. So they won double digit games in the sec and, um, you know, this year, obviously, with the injuries, it didn't turn out as well. And there's some other things. But, yeah, I mean, like, he's got a lot to love, but he also has a lot to work on. The yes. good news is he is willing to work. A lot of the stuff that he needs to work on is fixable. But, and this is a big caveat, but you're just going to have to be patient. And it's going to have to be in the right situation with the right yeah. coaching staff. So, um, you would love to see him throw with anticipation more, you know, instead of waiting for guys to come open. I know we talked about it on our previous episodes. This is the life of the NFL. You're throwing to open spots. You're not throwing to open players. Yeah. That's something that he struggles with. He doesn't really let the ball go till he sees a guy come open and it works out for him just because he does have that type of arm. Uh, but 
that's something you're going to have to work on when he gets to the next level. And it's really going to determine for me if he's going to sink or is he going to swim. Absolutely. And I think, like you said, with working with anticipation, I think just the ultimate problem we have with him is consistency too. I mean, consistency is the big problem. And we kind of talked about it. I mean, in our other episodes, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, their anticipation is really good and their consistency. They do a lot of this stuff that they do with consistency and with this guy and maybe the two other guys that we're also going to talk about at some point, they have a little bit more problems with the consistency factor. And that's something that, like you said, it's got to be worked on a lot more than maybe the other two. But I mean, again, you face the inside pressure on this and to not only, to not only be able to avoid it and to move to to the left like this, but he never takes his eyes off down the field. Even when he's moving, those eyes stay down the field and they never uh, divert away. Like, I mean, that's that's something where a lot of quarterbacks, they see that pressure, they duck, they run, they do whatever they need to, but Will Levis just has that confidence to stand in there and still just fling this thing. And I mean, you're right. It's almost to the point where a coach, like you said, is willing to take on a guy that maybe doesn't do the easy stuff consistently, but you feel like you can teach him to do that a lot more uh, and a lot easier than trying to teach him to do plays like this where he has to throw it 70 yards off his back foot uh, to the opposite side of the field and make it look easy. Yeah, yeah, because you can't teach that. This is just like, this is part of that innate ability where it's like, look, you either have a guy that can do this or you don't. And there's only a handful of those guys in the world that can. So teams are a lot... You know, they're easier to be talked into, you know, taking shots on guys like that because, you know, like we said, you can coach him on the easy stuff. You can get him to a point to where you can manage the easy stuff, at least to a manageable level. He might not ever be great at it, but he can be good at it. But if you're good at the easy stuff, but then you can also do that and have the ability he has as far as, you know, his ability to touch every blade of grass on the field and make some of those tight window throws and what. Like I said, whenever he's in rhythm and, you know, he's throwing with a good base, he is, you know, a pretty accurate quarterback. So you've seen it on film. You know it's there. Now it's just, hey, how do we get it there consistently? And that's why teams are a lot higher on him and scouts are a lot higher on him than maybe, you know, the Twitter guys that are like, well, he only threw for 150 yards on a touchdown and two interceptions. It's like, yeah, but, you know (laughs) – he did this. I mean, you so. saw it in that exact play, right? He put that thing exactly where it needed to be, and you know, receivers dropping passes. I mean, yeah. I'd say Colts fans, especially, should know what that's like. Uh, we've had a lot of wide receiver <laughs> drop issues in the past with some great quarterbacks. Okay, so you know, we'll, we'll give Will Levis the benefit of the doubt on that one, but. Uh, that's going to do it for this one, guys. Uh, some great film there, some great understanding of Will Levis. Again, I think this one, Landon, I think from all the quarterbacks, especially in this series that people would talk about, I think this guy, even though the next guy that we're going to talk about in episode four, uh, and also if you haven't seen episodes one and two, I highly encourage you to go check those out. But uh, I think even in episode four, I think more people are willing to 
accept the unknown of the next guy that we'll talk about just due to the fact that we've seen just some of the, I think there's a lot more big play explosion in his game versus Will Levis. And, you know, Will Levis's game is more in the fine details that don't make sports center. And I think that's the problem is a lot of people yeah. just see that. So, yeah, well, be well, also, too, like I, I do want to preface this when we're talking about Will Levis. So the type of offense he ran and you made a good point. Some of the stuff he does is not going to be seen in the box score. It's got not going to be seen on sports center. You're never going to see it, you know, really play out. But he was entrusted with a lot running that offense as far as you know he got up there he made protection calls he changed calls at the line of scrimmage he basically had command of that entire offense to do with what he needed to do with and you know checking into run plays checking out of run plays stuff that he's going to you know these guys are going to be asked to do at the NFL level that a lot of guys don't have that experience and really you know outside of Bryce Young there's not really another quarterback that has that has that type of experience. So he's already has a leg up on some of these guys just getting to the NFL. He's going to be able to understand the terminology. He's going to be able to understand how to call plays at an NFL level. He's going to be able to understand protections, you know, checking in and out of run plays, you know, fits as far as getting your receivers in the right position. This is all stuff that he has been doing for the last 2 years which it's not going to show up in your box score. So, you know, that that's another little inkling of why teams are so excited about him is because he can run an NFL-level offense from day one, and it's not going to be much of a difference for him coming out of college. Yep, absolutely. I've been saying that for a long time, as I told people, like, again, the offense he ran in college, it's very similar to how they were running it in the NFL, and that's where he has one leg up. If there's one leg up that this guy has on anybody else in this draft is the fact that understanding how an NFL offense is ran, Levis has a little bit more experience on that than any of the rest of these guys. I would say arm strength definitely is uh, superior with Will Levis versus the rest of these guys. But well, one um, guy I think that might have a better arm. But maybe, maybe. Well, well, we'll see. We'll see when they, you know, start doing their combines and pro days, and we'll see just how strong these guys actually are. But yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. But that's gonna do it for this one, guys. Again, a great film session. Shout out to Landon for helping me out with this one. Again, be sure to keep a lookout for the next two episodes of this where we break down two more different quarterbacks. But this is the breakdown of Will Levis. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and as always, guys. Go Colts.